Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. Before I get started, I just wanted to comment on how weird it is that I'm recording this podcast and my dog isn't here, which is strange for me because he's usually the background noise that you hear on these podcasts. He tends to lay beside me and snore. (laughs) So there will be no background snoring on this episode and I'm missing him. He just went to a boarding facility for the weekend. It's in a phenomenal place. It's a resort for him. We joke because it's his time at the spa. So he's well taken care of, but I am missing him. However, I digress. So what are we talking about today? Today, I wanted to share with you another great tool that I use. I think I'll kick us off with a quote. This quote is attributed to Albert Einstein. It's the one that goes, those who fail to remember their past are the ones that are condemned to repeat it. And the reason why that's relevant to this podcast episode is because today we're going to be talking about affecting change. And I want to share a tool with you that I have found very helpful in terms of affecting change. This tool will be really helpful for those who are feeling stuck or maybe overwhelmed, not really sure where to go next, or really anyone who's looking to affect some sort of change. So the tool that I'm talking about is a self-evaluation tool. However, I follow a specific process for self-evaluation, one that really motivates productive change rather than can block us from affecting change. When I follow this particular process for self-evaluation, I find that it can help me to not just move forward, but move forward effectively. Self-evaluation as a tool is a really powerful means of learning from past experiences. I think for me, what can often happen is I will be head down working and not really make the time to do any type of reflection. It's so interesting because when I do make the time, I find that it can be so helpful, so powerful in terms of giving me some space to reflect on what has transpired, how I showed up in that situation, And it also gives me the opportunity to make any tweaks and become more intentional looking forward. When I'm not making the time for it, I can think to myself, oh yeah, I should do this or, oh, that was valuable. I should remember to do that in the future. Without deliberately thinking about it and really mining that reflection for the gems, I will forget and they'll get lost in kind of the downstream because I'm on to the next thing. So it it really benefits me when I deliberately take the time for 
some reflection and self-evaluation. The other benefit of self-evaluation is that it, it gives me a lens into what particular tools and strategies work best for me, those same things that might not work so well for other people, and vice versa. I might try to adopt something that is working really well for somebody else and find with some self-evaluation that it doesn't really work for my particular style. So unless I take some time to evaluate that, what can end up happening is I just keep trying to adopt all these new tools, strategies, methods, and pile them on top of each other and might not necessarily be eliminating anything as I go. So that's another benefit as well, as I can figure out what really works best for my own unique style and approach. And I can also decide what I want to let go of as well. Speaking of style-specific tools and approaches, it also brings to mind the style-specific obstacles that I might encounter So there's certain things that are challenging for me that may or may not be challenging for other people, but without some sort of reflection, I might continue to operate with those staying below the surface of my conscious awareness. So they might be blocking me without me even realizing it. So doing that process of self-evaluation can also help me to reveal my obstacles. And once those are revealed to me, the solution becomes much more straightforward. And the other benefit of self-evaluation is that it can be a source of motivation, especially when we do it with the approach that I'm going to suggest. When we start with some self-appreciation, what can happen is that we strengthen that self-appreciation muscle and we start looking for those areas where We're actually appreciating what we're doing that's contributing to our own success and our own results. And so when we start looking for those things, then we start to feel empowered. We start to draw a link between what it is that we're doing and the results that we're creating. Developing that appreciation for that causation link, that what I'm doing is actually creating my results, that in my mind is the secret to affecting change. Because I can go through my day and lose sight of the fact that what I'm doing is having an impact. However, when I make the space to look back and evaluate what I'm doing, I start to recognize that what I'm doing is actually having an effect. And that's how we start to learn to affect change intentionally is by becoming aware of where we were affecting change in the past. I'll give you a great example. So I ran a beta program called Take Back Control of Your Schedule. And I ran that program a couple months ago. And my goal, my intent was to fill the six spots with six beta program clients. And now two months later, I look back on that and I filled all six spots and I think to myself, what did I do that contributed to filling those six spots? And so with some self-evaluation, I recognize that there were some specific actions that I took 
that actually led to filling those spots and that in the future, when I run a similar type of program, I now know the actions that I need to take in order to do that effectively in the future. So with so many benefits to regular self-evaluation, why don't we do it more? It's a question I ask myself. There are several common mistakes that I see when it comes to self-evaluation that I think might actually prevent us from engaging in it on a regular basis. The first one is that we often start our self-evaluation off with the negative and then we proceed to focus on the negative and then we end with the negative. And so it just becomes an exercise in beating up on ourselves. The human brain has a tendency to focus on the negative anyway and so When we're doing a self-evaluation, we have to actually circumvent that natural tendency to start with the negative, deliberately start with the positive. And the reason why is that if it becomes an exercise in self-judgment and beating ourselves up, then it makes a lot of sense why we might avoid it on the regular because that doesn't feel great. It's kind of like going to a performance review where the reviewer tells you only the things that you're doing wrong. And if that review happens on a consistent basis, then after a while, you're likely start dreading those conversations. When we start with a focus on the positive, then we can retrain our brain to actually start to look for and appreciate those things that we are doing well. Another common reason why people might not be making the time for self-evaluation on a regular basis is because they're telling themselves that they're too busy. They're not scheduling it, or even when they are scheduling it and the time arrives to start, they might say to themselves, well, I'll do it later. I'll just finish what I'm working on. My time could be spent better doing something else. And so there's an inclination to reprioritize in that moment. And like many things around self-care and productivity, it gets thrown to the bottom of the priority list. The last reason that I see people avoiding self-evaluation is because they don't necessarily hear the positive. You might have seen people who receive a compliment and they'll totally brush it off or minimize it as if it's not the important piece of the feedback conversation. And so then when it comes time to do their own self-evaluation, they struggle to actually come up with any positive feedback for themselves. And what that signifies is a self-appreciation muscle that just hasn't been worked out in a long time. It's kind of like going to a performance review where you receive 95% positive feedback and 5% negative, and you become fixated on the 5% and you don't hear the other 95%. The problem with a self-appreciation muscle that's atrophied a bit is that not only do we not hear the positive feedback, but we start to disconnect from an appreciation or even a recognition of what our own strengths are. And when we are not really clear 
on what our strengths, our skills, our talents, our expertise are, then it's very challenging to know when to apply them to maximize the result. When you're entirely focused on the weaknesses and what you're not doing well, then it starts to become overwhelming and we start to believe that we can't actually affect any change. We become very disempowered. So I want to share my process for self-evaluation that I think is very powerful and can also be very motivational. It's something that over time you can start to look forward to and have some fun with instead of being just another chore or another have to on the task list. So this approach I learned from my business coach, Stacy Bayman, and it has three steps. So the first step is www, what went well. The second step is WDW, what didn't work. And the third step is WDD, what would I do differently in the future? The sequence of those steps is really important because like I said, it's very powerful to start with the self-appreciation. So what went well? We know that the brain is an evidence-seeking machine. So once we've learned something or we've decided something, our brain will go about trying to prove it to ourselves. And so starting with some self-appreciation retrains the brain to counter that natural instinct to focus on the negative and start focusing on the positive. It's so interesting when I'm not mindful, what can often happen is I can be doing self-evaluation and I find myself attributing success to external factors and mistakes to myself. So I'll give you an example. So with regards to the stock market as an example. So let's say the stock market goes up and I'm heavily invested in the stock market as an example. When we're doing a self-evaluation from an unconscious place, we might be inclined to look at the stock market going down and blame ourselves somehow. Not for the stock market going down, but for making the wrong investment choice or investing too much money or investing too little money. All of those types of things, when perceived as a mistake, we can often attribute to ourselves. But then when the reverse happens, let's say the stock market goes up, then we might be inclined to attribute that success to something else. Well, the economy is improving and my financial situation is largely out of side of my control because the stock market is dependent on external factors like the global political situation or the economic situation. So the first stage of this self-evaluation is dedicated to self-appreciation. What went well? The second part is what didn't work? And the key here at this stage is to adopt an attitude of curiosity. If you come at this stage from a place of self-judgment, then what's most likely to happen is that's when it becomes that exercise in beating yourself up and it starts to feel really negative. 
So let's take the example of a job interview where you are unsuccessful on the job. You've already engaged in that exercise about what went well, and now you're on to the stage what didn't work. And at this stage, getting curious about what didn't work when you were ultimately unsuccessful on the job interview can be very emotionally charged. So what I like to do in this situation is I like to brainstorm because those first few things that come up are going to be very self-deprecating. And what if I challenge myself to keep going, and I'll often tell myself, come up with 10 reasons, 10 things that didn't work, then what will happen is I will start looking at things through a more objective and curious lens. The first few things that didn't work well might be something like, I don't have the skills, I don't have the experience. And then as I start to challenge myself to think more about it, I might say something like, I didn't clearly explain my skills or my experience. Or I was very nervous and I forgot to say X, Y, and Z. Or maybe I wasn't showing up with the energy that I wanted to convey. I didn't necessarily communicate the interest and the passion that I have. And why might that be? Maybe I didn't articulate all of the reasons why I really want the job or why I'm the best fit for the job. And why is that? And when I dig in a little bit deeper, what I find is that maybe I didn't actually articulate those things to myself in advance. And so going into the interview, I hadn't necessarily given a lot of thought to the real motivation and intentions behind the interview. And those intentions can really influence how I'm showing up in any situation. So now I have the opportunity to do something differently for next time. And that's the last stage of this self-evaluation process, WDD, what would I do differently next time? And at this stage, if I'm thinking about the energy in which I showed up to the job interview, I might start to think about some more things in advance. I might use my experiences in this previous interview to help me better prepare for the next one. So I might ask myself some questions about why this particular job is important to me. Why is this company important to me? What could I bring to this company that other candidates might not be able to bring? What else is possible? When I'm asking myself those questions from a place of what could I try instead of should, there's a very subtle difference between should and could, but it's completely different energy. So when I approach this conversation with myself through that could lens, what could I do? I start to feel a sense of empowerment and experimentation. I'm looking at this as what could I tweak next time? What could I play around with? What would this lever over here do? And what did this one do last time? And so that attitude of experimentation really opens me up to identifying obstacles and imagining mitigation strategies in advance. 
and I'm thinking about those things in advance, the energy that I show up to the job interview with is completely different. So those are the three stages of this self-evaluation tool. What went well? What didn't work with curiosity? And what will I do differently next time? And if I can leave you with one thing that really, really has helped me through this self-evaluation process is to make it fun. You'll notice that when things are fun, we actually look forward to it. We don't have to set reminders in our phone or schedule them in the calendar. We actually look forward to it and make time for it. When it feels heavy, and serious, and we make it mean that we're failing or that I'm a failure, then of course we're going to avoid it, procrastinate around it. So the question I'll leave you with today is how can you make it more fun? Thanks everyone. I hope you have a great week.